0: The LEAP Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Matter podcast with New York Times best-selling author, motivational speaker, and celebrity dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. So without further ado, let me tell you who Chris Voss is. Um, he is the CEO of Black Swan Group, and author of the national bestseller never split the difference negotiating as if your life depended on it i read the book cover to cover and loved it like five stars totally um it was named one of the seven best books on negotiation he's a 24-year veteran of the fbi chris retired and led the international uh, kidnapping negotiations in several instances um Uh, drawing on his experience in high-stakes negotiations his company specializes in solving businesses communication problems using hostage negotiation solutions their negotiation methodology focuses on discovering the black swans you'll explain what that is it's in the book Uh, small pieces of information that have a huge effect on the outcome Chris and his team have helped companies secure and close better deals, save money, and solve internal communications problems for the last how many years? 6,000 years. 6,000 years. (laughs) Chris has been featured in Time, Business Insider, Entrepreneur, Inc., Fast Company, Fortune, The Washington Post, Success Magazine, Squawk Box, CNN, ABC, and now Leap. Chris, thank you so much. That's a mouthful. I'm looking forward to hearing what I have to say myself. <laughs> so I met Chris through our metal network. Ken Rakowski, I love you and thank you for metal and for everything it does. Every year, about a third of our mentors that come to Leap Week as mentors come from metal. And I appreciate you guys, and I love you guys. It's a, a meeting I never miss when I'm in L.A. Every Saturday morning we meet. It's an amazing group of men that are there to support each other and help this world be a better place. Right. And, you know, let's jump right into this. So you started your career in the FBI, right? Well, I, I was a, I was a police officer in Kansas City, Missouri, before, uh, before I joined the Bureau. So I was, you know, street cop. And then when you went into the FBI, how did you start getting into this whole negotiating thing? You know, um, some of the best things in my life happened to me
1: because of bad stuff. Uh, so I re-injured my knee. I, I had a knee injury. I was on a SWAT team. I was in the process of trying out for the Bureau's hostage rescue team, which is the FBI's version of the Navy SEALs. And, uh, and there are a lot of former SEALs in the HRD. So uh, I re-injured my knee, and at that point in time, I realized, uh, you know, I, Humpty Dumpty can only be put back together so many times. I can only rebuild it. And this was the second try. So I'm like, let me do some crisis response stuff. I know we got hostage negotiators. How hard can it be? I, you know, they talk. How hard is talking? Um, uh, I, it, it was hard for me to get in. But once I got in, I found out it was more interesting and better than anything I ever did.
0: It was phenomenal. And it was hard. And, you know, you use this term black swan in the book. Can you explain to the students what the black swan is? Yeah, you know, all right, it's kind of a two-step process to think through it. But let's
1: say you and I are negotiating, and let's use a poker analogy. So we're negotiating. We're both hiding cards from each other, and we have hidden information. Stuff we're holding back because I'm afraid if you know it, you're going to have leverage on me, or you're going to know what my deadline is. But I'm, I've got stuff you don't know that's important. You have stuff I don't know that's important. The black swans are where the unknowns overlap. And there's no way of knowing for sure what's there because there's hidden information on both sides. Now, if we can open this up, then we can find some cool stuff. But we got to trust each other. And I need to get you
0: talking and I need to be willing to trust you too. So it's a, it's a very much, it's a two-way street. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing about the book and you got to read the book is, is you have these novel ways of kind of establishing trust with somebody, opening up lines of communication and then, you know, hopefully getting results. And, you know, it's one thing when you're negotiating a lease for a building, it's another thing when you're negotiating somebody's life, right? Well, the stakes are different, but the dynamics are the same.
1: You know, and we that's, tend why, to ourselves and that's why
0: you've taken what you did professionally and with the FBI and taught people how to do that in business. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What would, would if you had to like reflect back on one of the, like the hairiest hostage situations you've ever done, which one would come to mind? Well, they were all hairy. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, like, look, I'm a dentist. I could say, what was the worst mouth? Like, I know, right in my mind, boom. You know, well, one of the
1: more interesting ones was
0: um, I made a strategy, a
1: significant fundamental strategy change on how we're approaching the concept called proof of life. And everybody knows what proof of life is. If you've seen the movie Man on Fire with Denzel Washington. All right. By the way, um, uh, he's played me three times in different movies and I
0: still don't get a thank you. You know, he doesn't write, he doesn't call, <laughs> or he, doesn't, he doesn't say thank you. I'll tell him next time I see him. <laughs> <it. laughs>
1: but anyway, there's a moment in the movie when he suddenly realizes a kidnapped little girl, uh, they claim she's alive and he says, I need proof of life. I need to know what the name of her bear is. Right. Uh, so that's, that's the way we used to do proof of life. Now you get proof of life, but it actually doesn't do you any good. Plus, you got to ask for it. So I realized there was a better way, and uh, and this scared everybody, other than my core team. You know, I wouldn't come up with an idea without bouncing it off my core team. And I used to tell them, you know, this is radically different. You know, am I smoking something here? Am I high? And they go, No, 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 you're on the right track. We got we got to make this change. So we threw this new idea out. At the time we're working on kidnapping in the Philippines, we don't know it's a lone serial killer that's the kidnapper. And I'd never heard of a lone kidnapper before at all, which, and if, it, if I hadn't heard of it, there's a chance it, it, it hasn't it's happened. It's rare, right. it's a unicorn, okay. it's a, it's a bigfoot. We don't know at the time we're dealing with a lone kidnapper. We don't know at the time, circumstances of kidnapping, he's a cab driver, he kidnaps people out of his cab, you get in the back of his cab, you look like you got money, you fall asleep, he's got a wow. bottle of ether under the seat, he sprinkles ether all over you, you wake up in his basement and change. Nice um and so we're gonna throw this proof of life brand new idea in the middle of this case all right and the crazy thing about it is like good strategy kicks out great insurance benefits you know you, you you do stuff well because you create an environment where good stuff's gonna happen you don't know what it is right Right, right, but you just you know. It will so, happen. what was the novel proof of life? Uh, I learned it from a drug dealer. All right, <laughs> it was a kidnapping in Pittsburgh, and uh, one drug dealer's got another drug dealer's girlfriend hostage. He's come to the FBI for help because do you go for help when you're in trouble, right. even if you're a drug dealer, you go right. to the FBI. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. So he's riding around, and our negotiators are riding with him. I'm listening to a tape of the conversation, and. Before anybody knows what he's saying, because he doesn't know his girlfriend's life, he says to the other drug dealer on the phone, "Hey, dog, how do I even know she's all right?" Which is different than the Denzel Washington move, because Denzel Washington said, "What's the name of the girl's first bear?" I mean, why wouldn't you again? just say, "Put her on the phone"? Because they won't if you ask, and if they if you ask and they do, you owe, and you want to avoid owing at all. Costs. So, how do you get what you want without asking for it? Is the is the key. How do I get you to give me something where you think it was your idea? Because if I get you to give something to me that I asked for, now I owe. You said, "Hey, look, I did this for you. Uh, you got to you got to right. return the favor. You got to okay. stay out of that dynamic entirely." All right. I got to get you to think of it on its inception. How do I put the idea in your brain where you think it was your idea? Okay. So the drug dealer says to the other drug dealer, Hey, dog, how do I even know she's alive? And in that instance, everything in the power dynamic in that conversation changed. The guy with all the leverage lost. He said, "Uh, I'll put her on the phone. Now, getting a hostage on a phone is a ridiculously difficult thing to do. It's. And in the vast majority of cases up to that point in time, we hadn't gotten hostages on. Right? We got proof of life, but we didn't get them on the phone. Two different things. And the girlfriend is later put on the phone. And I remember sitting there listening to that, and I said, that's it, because the kidnapper now thinks it's his idea, which means, first of all, he's going to put her on the phone because it was his idea. Secondly, he's now lost control of the pacing, and he doesn't know it. And thirdly, he's not gonna have any expectations in return because it was his idea. All right. So we get ready to drop this into this case in the Philippines, we've never done it like this before. And a kidnapper provides proof of life to us before we get a chance to ask. And I'm like, now ah, what am I supposed to do? I'm trying to try out my new strategy. Right. And the guy screwed everything up for us.
0: Well, you got what you wanted, though. We got
1: what we wanted. But the, the unexpected side benefit is we coached our guy who's – and I'm, I'm friends with him to this day. He yeah. actually lives in the Los Angeles area. Phenomenal guy. Brother – we're coaching a brother of the kidnapping. Coaching a brother. smart. One of the smartest guys I ever ran across. He takes our coaching and he starts asking these type of questions on his own. And he he completely changes the power dynamic in, in the kidnapping. So much so that our kidnapper at one point in time literally says to himself under the under his breath while he's on the phone, he says, wow, nobody ever dealt with me like this before. Which means he's out of control, but he doesn't know why or who's caused it. Now our guy, in fact, we find out after we catch him. Mm-hmm is a serial killer and he has killed before wow so we're pushing this guy all over the place who's a killer but he doesn't know we're doing it to him because he's saying stuff out loud further on down the line in the case the bone of contention if you will in this kidnapping was he wants a daily amount of money to take care of the hostage he says you know what you know while i research your family i'm going to need Equivalent of $200 a day to make sure he's okay. Now, the family's instant reaction is like, and mom especially, because mom is there, the whole family's on the right, rent, right, right, right. Mom's like, hey, $200 is nothing. And through the brother, I'm like, now we can't do that. Because if we start paying $200 a day, he's going to keep him for a year. And he's using that as a gauge to see how much money, I and the easier you pay that, the higher the ultimate ransom. Ultimate ransom's is going to be. So we now get into a bargaining situation over more than I'm going to pay. It's, it's funny, you know. Le- you know, a few days after this, he says, "All right, I'm 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 going to offer you a discount. You know, I'm going to I'm going to wipe what you owe up to now. I'll wipe what your debt. But you got to start Gosh. paying now." Oh, I, I
0: don't, don't even know. I need to do that. I, I, it's so hard to, ne- especially when you're negotiating with people that. Are on drugs, or have mental issues. I mean, you have to have mental issues to kidnap people. Everybody really has mental issues. Yeah, I mean, have mental yeah issues. but I mean, the the people that you're negotiating with, it's oh, that's it's scary. I mean, what what would you say overall in a negoc- in a hostage negotiating situation? What would you say is the average recovery
1: rate? Uh, average in, in kidnappings. I mean, we're good. Come on, you got to kidnap. We All right, we'll get people out 80, of this. 90, right Success rate in um, hostage negotiations inside back. the U.S. is ninety three
0: percent. Ninety three. That's pretty good. Yeah. I uh, I dated a, a a woman for many years who came from a very wealthy Mexican family, oh. and her mother was not so fortunate. She was. Um, uh, driving out of her house, came down the street, and it was just like a movie. Two cars came like this in front of her. A truck comes up behind her. They kidnapped her and the chauffeur. Uh, they demanded three million dollars um, to my to my girlfriend. Uh, she has four sisters, and they killed her mother that night. They didn't even give them time to get the money. Kidnapping in Mexico is a different ballgame. Yeah. It's a different ballgame. Yeah, it's the time. saddest thing in the world. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful, sweet woman, and they never even—I mean, they were—I mean, how do you get? I mean, who has three million dollars sitting around? They, you know, they're—they're they're trying to—they were going to pay it too. Yeah, I mean, they—they—they—you they, know, they—they—they they, they, they never got the chance. That's so, cool. you took all of this and decided to write a book. Yeah. The how did that all happen? well
1: um uh, I'll, I'll, it was always a plan we started teaching the ideas in business school to sh- part-time students which means they had real jobs during the day and you know I, when we taught negotiations I didn't do it in simulations you know if you're in my class you got a job in the day I say here's here are the skills go out there and make them work right and so we got proof of concept by people in real life situations constantly and on top of that if you're in my class and I said and hey, document, to skill papers, typically two, four pages long. So now we've got a bank of easily a thousand success stories of hostage negotiation in business situations, every business situation you can imagine, from doctors to divorces. And so now we take all our knowledge and we take all these real-life examples,
0: proof of concept, and we put them all in a book. But whose idea, like, you know, I I told you right before we sat down, I I wrote a New York Times bestseller, too. And, you know, Paul Lombardi is a good friend of mine who was a newscaster at New York One News. And this was not my idea. You know, this was, Paul came to me and said, hey, you know, Extreme Makeover is a big hit. There's all these books out right now, Body for Life, and the." nobody's ever written a book about changing your smile. Why don't you do that? And I said, no, why don't you do that? Because <laughs> I'm a dentist, you're the writer. You're the writer. So, who came up with the idea for the book? Was it your idea? Did a publisher approach you? I mean... No, it was my idea, but you bring up a really important point, is you need a great team.
1: Yeah. And so, and then slowly the pro. it was my, I always wanted to write a book, and plenty of people were advising me to as well. So, but the team was, first of all, my son, Brandon, uh, who's my chief of operations, because he's been negotiating with me since he was two.
0: He's, yeah, he's no, got I get 10, it. I dollars yeah, yeah, I get it, I get
1: it. But then then, then along, along the process, we come up with a great agent, Steve Ross, phenomenal guy, perfect, huge international network. Steve right. tells me, look, I don't know how well this book will do domestically, but around the world, they love FBI stuff, and I can
0: sell the heck out of this around the world. True, true. Um, just we can trade stories real quickly, but what what we did is Paul actually came and moved into my house with me and my daughters, and every day I would go to work and do teeth and come home and Paul would interview me for an hour, Perfect. and we'd get more and more and more, and then Paul literally came up with you know the format for the book um, and wrote it and. Then I went back and I reread it and it wasn't in my voice. It was in Paul's voice. Mm -hmm. And those are two different voices. Right. So um, we signed with uh, Rutledge Hill Press, which used to do a lot of Bibles and self-help books. And uh, they had a woman there who was a copywriter, who was amazing. And she and I worked through and rewrote the book in my voice. And, and then we put it out there. So let's hear your story. All right. So then, then my Paul is a guy named Tall,
1: Tall Ross, Okay. And Tall, and Tal not only Tall did the very same same process. You know, he basically vacuumed up the knowledge out of me and Brandon's brains. But then he did a massive amount of research, and he wrote it in my voice. And we didn't you know, and I understand a voice issues is a problem because I worked with another writer who wrote it in his voice. And Tall nailed it. Tall rise is the most brilliant business book writer alive. Good. And if there's a business book in your lane that you want to read that Tall has written, it will be the best book you've ever read. He Good. he's he originally, his, his first huge hit was he worked with Keith Frazzi on ne- Keith. Never Eat Alone. Yeah, he's been a speaker at, at Leap. Keith is a superstar, one of the smartest yep. guys I know. Yeah. And Tall structured his book. And I took used to take Never Eat Alone around to people and hand them and say, we're going to structure it just like this because this is brilliantly structured. Totally. Yeah. Like, tall is the one that that, that did that okay. structure. He did it for Keith.
0: He did it for me. Wow. So if I'm a student watching this and I want to get into hostage negotiations, where do I start? I, you know, it's it's simple, but it ain't easy. Uh, hey, nothing in life is easy. Right, 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 right. And and
1: you know, and I was thinking about this a lot because as, as words that we live by, I never take advice from people that you wouldn't trade places with. So and then, but then if if you ask somebody you trade places with that advice and you don't do it shame on you. That person should never help you again. So how did I become a hostage negotiator? Went to the head of the uh, team in New York and asked for advice and took it. She said, go volunteer on a suicide island." I'm like, cool. It's that simple. But I actually went out and did it. My name is Amy Bondereau. And Amy then became an
0: unofficial mentor for me for the rest of my career. You know, I'm so glad that you said what you said because I have mentored literally thousands and thousands of young men and women. And there's one thing I won't tolerate. If you come to me and ask me to mentor you and I give you advice, take it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... Because if you do, I know what the results are going to be. Right. And you're right. You know, you have to take the advice and you have to do it. You know, and, and what you did is one of the core principles of Lee. copy genius. You know, ask people that know how to get stuff done and then do it. It's not that hard. That That's why sense. we have you here as a mentor. That's why. And here's a ridiculous competitive advantage that because you have people looking for competitive advantages.
1: When I went back to Amy to write the book, and I could, I could put the story in without her permission, but I couldn't put her name. I had a series of rules I had to follow from the FBI, and that was one of them. Um, so I got to get her permission. And I went back to her and I said, Amy, I won't we'll put the story in. This is what it is. She said, You know, through the course of my career, I told a thousand people to volunteer on suicide hotlines, and two of them did it, right? Now, if you look at that from the other end, if you actually take advice, now I'm in a category, i just beat out 998 other people
0: automatically. I mean, talk about the competitive edge right. that you get. With I, that. You know, I always say it's like cheating, you know? It really is. It, you know, I, it, I, one of the things, we gotta wrap this up, they're giving me the hype, but you know, at LEAP, I, I always tell kids, Ask. Ask. It's the most powerful word. Ask. You know, you want to get an A in a class? The first thing you do, first day, you go up to the professor, you introduce yourself, say, listen, I love this subject. I love this topic. I'm really competitive. I need to get a, an A in this class. Tell me what I need to do. You know what the teacher's going to do? They're going to tell, tell you. you need to do this, 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 and this. Then shame on you if you don't. Exactly. Right? Chris, thank you so much. Um, I hope you can come to LEAP. I would love to have you come and speak to the students. Um, I'll give you all the dates and everything. Um, next week, we will have another great Leap to mentor. Dr. Bill, we'll learn out. To learn more about the LEAP Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the LEAP Foundation. On Instagram at LEAP Foundation and on Twitter at LEAP Los Angeles. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.